G'day, it is The Coach here, and I hope you're all kicking ass, taking names, and generating depravity for the sexiest god in the mortal realms. It is Slanesh. I am talking, actually, I was, I was going to say you are the sexiest god, because the Texas crew, I've been talking to Texas now, it seems like it's, it's Texas featuring AOS Coach at this point. You are three of the Texans recently, and the beard game has really evolved. So I think this is fitting. We've got the, the sexiest, excessive, amazingest content with the best beards. Hey, you're going to make me blush here already. <laughs> but I'm here with Evan Miller, and you might know Evan because everyone's trying to work out how on earth Evan went 4-1 and one with Slanesh. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk Slanesh. We're going to talk about how they are tracking in third edition. This is not specific about that one particular list, and we'll go through the list. We'll go through that Warhammer Open list where you went 4-1. and one. Mm. But it's more about what have you learned so far in the last two months of Slanesh? What's working for you? What are you struggling with? You know, what are some things you should consider as the kind of the tournament scene evolves and the meta kind of settles and just generally what are you picking up along the way? And before I get into the topic, I guess I'll let you introduce yourself. Do you want to let know a little bit about who you are and, sure. and more importantly, why you are amazing? <laughs> well, I mean, why I'm amazing, I think it's just genes, right? I'm just uh, born with it, you know, got favor from the chaos gods. Uh, and then really, uh, so my name's Evan Miller, and I'm a Texas boy, and uh, we ended up just kind of falling into it. We actually played Total War, my brother and I, and then we were like, hey, they actually make a board game. So uh, we got into it, and uh, we uh, we got super lucky, and Texas is probably one of the largest... Uh, I mean, I've never, I haven't seen anyone else yet. I'm sure it's down under, it's probably pretty big, but in some states it's completely sparse. And then in Texas, I mean, we got our tournament uh, at, at least 80, 90 people going. We got one for Houston, 90 people. The one in Austin, that's the US Open, sold out within five minutes, 120 you got, people. You got a Hammerfest as well coming up, <laughs> yeah, which Hammerfest is like, is like our... 70, 80 people. So yeah. you yeah, are, we... you, you guys are on fire. Yeah, we have our own Texas circuit where we're all scoring each other, and then we rank each other into the top twenty, and then we see who the top one is out of that. It's crazy how uh, how competitive for Age of Sigmar we are. No, it's neat. It's really good. You guys, you all have a really cool scene. I've been fortunate to at least go visit the Citadel um, and kind of watching you all from afar. But Slanesh. I, when I was, because I'm living in a world where I have been in lockdown now for 10 weeks. So as of time recording, I have just finished my 10th week of hard lockdown. Uh, I feel like I'm in prison. Yeah, it, look, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't played real life Sigma since second edition. So I, I, I've literally been locked down. Luckily, I've had Tabletop Simulator to kind of help me keep entertained but i can't even play at a game store like literally everything's closed so yeah. i've been living vicariously through um not only just tabletop simulator but you know best coast pairings uh, tabletop uh, to like i'm just watching the scene and as i was tracking the warhammer open and i think at the same time summer slaughter was on i saw your list kind of like progressing and then it ended i think it was fourth you you ended fourth yep. i think at best, the gt best faction for chaos yeah Best, best in faction, four and one with Slanesh. And I remember looking at this initially going, everyone's written Slanesh off. 
people don't like Slanesh. One, the points were aggressive when it got a second edition update in February, and then the points increased in third edition, and people yeah. just wrote you off. And I'm like, how on earth is this bloke doing well? And then I've looked at the list and I'm like, and I, I was talking to, I was talking to a few Slanish players, you know, Vince Ventrell is one of them. And I'm like, yeah. this is a list. Like, like, I don't understand how he went four and one with this list. And Vince is like, no, neither did I. Like, we just <laughs> couldn't work it out, which obviously led to the meme. It's like, how on earth did you go four and one? And I might let you ex give us the high level, like how you, what you experience and just generally a little bit about your performance so far uh yeah so i mean as far as um you know so as far as playing slanesh i've only been doing it for the better half of this year so it's still a new someone new army when once the mortals came out that's really when i got into them uh they are very like they have a lot of finesse into what they do I think a lot of people they play the arm they want to play their army a lot like a destruction faction. I move it up the board, I slap into something, and you know if I roll good, then I beat that opponent. And Slanesh is not like that. And um, so there were a lot of it took me a lot of games. I've probably played well over forty games in preparation for this and just trying out different lists with what I had. And um, it's it's really tough to to get it. And even still, like I would say that there's some lists that I go up against that I just don't have a chance against. Um, you know, it, it really came down to me try in, in this uh I have a buddy Gavin, he was on here for show last week, and he told me the secret to playing a lot of people is knowing their army better than they do, or at least on the same level. And so that really helped where most people I play against don't really know how Slanesh works because there's a lot of tools in their kit. Uh, especially with the units, because you know most people aren't playing Slanesh competitively. Um, so when they go up against the, uh, someone who is trying to do it, it, it they're either rusty and they haven't played them recently, or they haven't played them since they got updated. And so when they fought me, uh, four out of the five players at my match, uh, or in, at the tournament, I should say, didn't play three point or hadn't played Slanesh since their book came out, and one did, and uh, but it had been before three came out which is completely different in its regard. So I would say 3.0-wise, Slanesh actually got a little bit of a boost, um, being able to do all that attack, all that defense. Uh, outside of the point changes, uh, they there is a kit there. They aren't completely unplayable, um, but they're still pretty down there on the totem pole, I would say. And I think it's difficult, like as a as an observer, and uh, I, I enjoy Slanesh. Um, I've been building a lot of Slanesh models in my. I'm, I'm building a Daughters of Cain army, but it's an old Warhammer fantasy throwback to the cult of Slanesh, which was this. Um, it was basically like Daughters of Cain and Slanesh merged, um, but it was a bit a bit of weird lore. But um, I've been building a lot of kits, and they're really cool. And one of the things that I've loved about Slanesh recently is you've had the two new kits from Dexessa and Senessa. Um, we've literally, in the at the time of recording, we have just had the recent FAQ, and while we won't talk about the FAQ, um, there was one particular call out here, and that is that the Forge World Soul uh, uh, Keeper of Secrets, uh, Soul, Soul Feaster. You've, you've got a bunch of new rules there. You now have the coalition rules that allows you to do one in four beasts of chaos, one in four slaves to darkness. Um, they can't be your battle line, but all of a sudden you've now unlocked a whole bunch of um, new models through different ranges. And yeah. 
while the points did change for you and they probably maybe were too aggressive in my opinion, um, it's interesting to hear that, you know, overall you're favourable. You know, is it is it going to be 5 and owing the next GT? Probably not. But you're feeling okay at the moment. I'm going to the next one, so maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think that... Uh... They they're a great three and two army for what you can do. I mean, if you play it well and you do you really try, I think three and two is very easily obtainable. Uh, I I don't think I've played an army that doesn't that you can't go three and two with. Um, it just depends on certain matchups, but Lanesh definitely has the the kit is, that they need. I mean, there's if there's something you need to happen or you want to work around, whether it's a gimmick or whatever, Lanesh has plenty of models more than most. Of the armies out there do outside of like stormcast and such but uh they have a lot of kit and then like you said being able to do the coalition with um slaves of darkness beast of chaos and having zinch as an ally there are some tricks i've seen uh the cursling or i'm sorry the changeling being able to ally in and it, you create this massive slowdown list where you're throwing out shackles you have the changeling tying someone down. Uh, Glutose has his half movement spell. You can tie down the entire enemy army and then also throw out um, the uh, mesmerizing mirror on top of that. And so everything's just stuck in there, moving like nothing. If there's like, especially if they're a dwarven army like fire slayers, and uh, that's really tough to get through. But it is super gimmicky, right? You go up against one Lumineth player with Teclas, and you just instantly lose. So, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Slanesh. It's always been like people used to play it like hitting you with a hammer, and in the old Locust, where you'd be able to make everyone fight last essential on a two plus, and then you summon more keepers like literally every yes. turn. Yeah. Like it was a very hammer force. Now it really does feel like you're you're killing your opponent with a scalpel and it's just yes. multiple cuts but it's also how you cut them you can't just run up the board and just hit where you want to hit it is very niche and very nuanced and i think when you make the mistakes with slanesh because it's not durable you get punished really badly and yeah. i think maybe that's some of the challenges that the community is having is that mm -hmm. they're trying to play a new army and just getting punished because every mistake can be critical yeah, I mean, and I think the the to summarize in in with two issues with the army itself, because uh, overall most of the stuff in the book is actually quite nice, uh, but because of the points issues and the way that there's not a variety of battle line, uh, I noticed that the big thing is the cheapest battle line we got is one thirty five. I really consider it one forty because most people are going to choose the ten demonets instead. Yeah, um, but it's really. I just think a really poor option to run and it's either that or you pay the tax to have pain bringers or um the uh i'm sorry whatever the other guys are and it's it, to run battle line and even or you pay even more just to run the bliss barb archers and none of those are great options they all sound terrible and it, it was I, it, go ahead no please i was gonna say in 2.0 it was one of those things where you could you could ally in uh i'm sorry not even ally chaos warriors. In chaos, chaos warriors. warriors you mark them up five i remember talking to russ veal and that was his way of getting around some of while the demonets are cool they are quite expensive yeah. and um that was one way you get around it but now one they don't count as battle line two they've gone up to minimum unit size of 10 yeah. um and it's just like you, you've got like what do you do 
Yeah, it's very difficult to usually, and, and I think what a lot of people want to do is they want to run somewhat of a horde army with Slanesh. Um, they want to run a bunch of everything. And really the only way that I have been able to viably play them is running a hero spam and then just run a mini minimum battle line. Which is actually uh, was going to be one of my next segues was um, from the Lameta. And again, I haven't played a tournament yet. I'm in hard lockdown, you know, you know, uh, creating shanks and, you know, making up prune juice and all that stuff. But in my, yeah, the toilet <laughs> wine and like making up pizza with like, you know, noodles and uh, and oh. graham crackers. Sorry, I watch too many crime shows. So like I, I haven't, I'm not literally in prison, guys. But um what I'm noticing at the moment, and we talked about this just before we went on stream, is it's a it's a quite of a wild west right now when it comes to the meta, but it's very hero hammer. It's very uh, most armies that are doing really well probably have over a thousand points, at least a thousand points invested mm -hmm. in the heroes, and it might be uh, a godlike hero, an Archeon, a Marathi, a Teclas, uh, a Lariel's doing really well at the moment with Living City. Yes. Like you're seeing a lot of superheroes, and then throwing down all like the plus ones to hits and stuff. Or you're just seeing a lot of heroes and especially monster heroes and, you know, using heroic actions and monstrous rampages. And Slanish has always played Hero Hammer. Are you still finding that today? Are you still finding oh, yeah. that it's working yeah. quite well for you? Or Absolutely. I, and I think that one thing to note, too, is that um, I am treating my list, uh, which we can go over later, but even in my list, I treat Glutose like an Archaeon. And I kind of hit on it in my podcast where like Glutose is very much uh, he's 18 wounds, three up save, minus one to hit aura. Well, that sounds a lot like a Zinch Archaeon list. Um, granted, he doesn't, and I would say damage wise outside of Slayer Kings, he is doing with the double fight on average, either the, it depends on the rend uh, of, or the save of the enemy. But on average, he's doing about the same, if not a little more damage than an Archaeon can do. Uh, which is, you know, as far as what I've have noticed, uh, even when I have done mock battles uh, or playing games and stuff, if they don't get that Slayer Kings off, Lutos hasn't. He, I've never lost him in in a game outside of Slayer Kings. Yeah, I mean, he's just that good, and he is he's he can hit hard, he can heal himself. He is a very much like, um, and he's got that five up ward save. Um, and he's got a minus one to hit. He's a minus one to hit as well. Um, yeah, he's always minus one to hit. Yeah, and then he has yeah. that five up, and it's like, well, that's a lot like Archaon when you're just looking at the War Scroll and watching him go into combat and stuff. I, he is the the hammer that I run up the center of the board to tie everything down. Um, a lot of people are still used to the keeper spam, where they're running the keeper in, trying to do that thing that they did in 2.0 before they got the book update, and so yes, it's definitely hero spam, but no, not in the same way that. Um, that it used to be where you were just trying to get more keepers on the board. You're not, you're not doing that. And one of the challenges I found going into the second book or the updated book in 2021 was that keepers of secrets didn't, their command ability didn't self buff. They had to, was it the command ability? So they had to, yeah. so you had to basically run them as like a tag team to self buff each other. But, you you know, it's interesting because I know when we were talking a, a, about this with other people uh, in second edition, you know, we were seeing Glutos kind of rising up. Um, Sigvold, 
I haven't quite seen anybody using mm. Sigvold competitive. Oh, I'm seeing a little bit actually. That's a lie. Yeah. Um, and I know you ran Siggy in in your list. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't want to steal too much of your thunder, but but you know you, you're right. Like people are diverting their hero points in Slanesh from yeah. keeper, 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 double keeper, keeper, and the lawnmower, the um, the chariots. Um, you know, like people were moving that with those points, but instead finding other good solutions. Like, yeah. as you said, the, the Lord mm -hmm. of Pain, Glutos. Yeah, I've seen a couple lists where it's the Chariots and then, or if you're running stuff like um, Dexessa and you're trying to keep her as your main damage dealer, and then Glutos is a good, or I'm sorry, and like that's the thing. I feel like a lot of people, I more often than not, people tell me they think Glutos isn't good, uh, which I find hilarious i think he's the best model in the entire range he's just expensive i think and that's the challenge he'll take up one if you're playing a two thousand point battle it's one quarter of your force so i think you need to work a plan you can't just put this in your army and hope for the best i really like glutos i think glutos is a great model and it's also got really good rules but you got to build around it you can't just oh, put absolutely. it on the table and run up the table to it yeah and that's the thing like if it wasn't for his point increase he would be amazing. Like I'd run him if because he, he used to be four hundred. He would yeah. be an automatic include in a Zinch army. <laughs> You'd bring him in Zinch because he's not gaining anything from the Hedonites book outside of the spell, which they're all garbage under mortals, and then the exploding sixes. Everything else is built on his war scroll, so he's perfect in a Zinch army. <laughs> you know, so that was something that uh, I it was I understood why they increased it. Uh, he. He's a lot like a Catacross as far as like everyone thinks he's a support, but you know it's one of those things where Catacross is what five hundred points at least. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know it, it, a lot of people want to automatically toss him to the side, saying that's way too expensive for my, for my army. But in most cases, it's like, well, he's better than a keeper in almost every way. And I, you know, I think the challenge that I think the challenge that a lot of people have had at the moment, and what I'm finding is people are taking their second edition list and then trying to cram it into third edition. And the most yeah. success, and just talking to people, the greatest successes they're finding is starting with a clear slate, looking at the command point structure, looking at battle tactics, looking at the way the game is now playing. Um, and I found that lesson out really early when I started playing some tabletop simulator games was I'm like, right, I need all these you know small minimum size units so I can take objectives and I'm going to need to screen here and do this. But the boards is, is smaller. There's less objectives. Yep. You know, there's more of these things where I'm getting additional um, battle tactic point or victory points in my battle tactics for either killing a unit, denying an opponent a unit. So actually it's rewarding me in a very different way. And now my list is feeling more third edition. I, I can see the trap. And I think you're right. If you just try to cram Glutos into a list, it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, he's great, but it's very similar to... Um, you know, like, uh, what is it? A lot of, like, Archaeon. If you just throw him into a list and you don't actually build around it with the rerolls and, you know, he doesn't have any way of doing, you know, and he's not putting his buffs on anything, it's very easy to tie him down with either Trash or, you know, just dance around him all game. Because he's going to do his damage. He's going to kill things. But there's only so much he can do. And once you realize that, like, you're, especially nowadays, right, uh, and especially with the FAQ, where he can't have control of more than one objective. So even if they're close by, 
he has to pick one that he can gains control and something can go and dance and take it and now he has to he's stuck there right that's yeah. why i find a lot is he gets on an objective and he's stuck there for the rest of the game because as soon as he leaves something else can come and take it because he's almost half an army that's that's exactly right um yeah 100 couldn't agree let me let me throw some rapid fire questions at you sure first off archeon so we've talked about archeon i'm sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure that i pronounce it correctly some people don't like me calling it archeon archeon <laughs> What are your thoughts with Slanish? Do you do you like it? Do you think it's too many hero um, points? Where are you at? I think uh, the tough part is so if you compare it to like what I think, well, up until recently, what most people find is the more competitive version, which is the Zine Charkaeon, that you can su uh, supplement his points with a bunch of pink horrors. You can throw the three battle line of pink horrors in there, and that's 150 wounds on top of him so it, it really and he, his buff also extends to them as far as the minus one to hit with slanesh um he actually has a really good strategy if you bring the teleport with him if you at, like bring a coalition for the teleport because they can he can teleport nine inches away and then he has a nine inch re-rolling with ex sixes to explode so there's a very good chance that his uh slayer kings goes off uh in that in that case and especially previously, he was an amazing anti-Slanesh character as well, because he made everyone else reroll sixes, which mm. uh, they I think they changed um, today. But it was really tough fighting him with my army. So I think he was really good in Slanesh, but I think he, I would rate it probably second on the, well, sorry, third, because I felt like Slaves to Darkness was his best spot. Zinch was his second best spot, and then Slanesh. Was his was the third one so better than I think Corn or uh, Nurgle, but definitely um, just from my my play. I'm not an Archaeon uh, master. Anthony, no, 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 that's that's fine. I, I just know that. Take on it. I just I just know Arche Archaeon either is in Reap people are loving in Reapers of Vengeance, or they're going in with some Kairos build that seems to be the two most popular builds. Is yeah. you know very durable Nurgle builds, well, and I've seen yeah. yes. Gone. Yeah, the, the list I lost to was a Zinch Archaeon list. I killed everything he had by turn two, except for Archaeon, and he ended up Slayer Kings for my units, so or for my heroes. So uh, I definitely think that it, it's it, it. He's good in all of them. He's having the keyword for all of them means that he in his War Scroll by itself is already going to be good. I just think the Slanesh one gets him where he needs to quicker. Uh, the Corn one, there were two or three corn uh archaeons that i saw at the tournament and they all placed in the bottom half so i was like well that summed it up for me like <laughs> I mean, so. Carl, Carl, by the way carlos making the real the real insights in this forget That's forget 20 forget 21 minutes of talking slanesh it's all about um good players having beards so uh, i'm that's <laughs> I don't I, I don't have the data to prove that, although I do have Marcella coming in tomorrow, so she may disagree talking daughters, uh, I'm sure, but we won't go there. Let's talk the next rapid-fire question, which was, um, I think Evan might have been frozen, hopefully not. Um, so is Evan frozen? I think Evan might be frozen. Um might just give Evan a minute just to come back in. Hopefully he's not frozen. Um, but overall, like when I was, I might actually bring over Evan's list and um, just show you all just what it looks like initially. And then we'll eventually get to him and find out exactly 
what it what it looks like. Whoops. So that's going to be Evan's list when Evan jumps back in. And oh, oh he's coming back. Great success. Um, what he's got so far is is going to be a Lewis Hayes invaders list. It is going to be Sigvold with um, which is going to be the the host optional general. Um, it's Glutos in the list. He's just adding his mic back onto the stream, so bear with us. Um, Glutos is going to be in the list. Surprise the century. Evans just talked about how amazing Glutos is. We've got the Lord of Pain in here with uh, being the general with the feverish anticipation with the artifact of oil of, I can't read that from here, it's too far away, uh, and it's also the host option general. You've also got the Keeper of Secrets, with, which has got the um, Sinistrous Hand, the Amulet of Destiny, which no surprise, and at the moment with the FAQ, we've had some interesting, we won't go too much in the FAQ, but there seems to be some interesting stuff going on with ward saves and feel no pains, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, he's still adding his just cool. Uh, and then we've also got, uh, and this is probably where I was a little bit surprised. Like, what on earth is going on here? Because you've got the five pa pain bringers, you've got five pain bringers, five pain bringers, five pain bringers. And coming in at, at 160 points versus the Hedonites um, or the, 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 the Demonettes, the Demonettes coming in, it was at 120, 130 versus 160 you're paying a little bit more for your battle line choice though what they bring to the table is a little bit more defensive build as opposed to the demonettes if you're taking 10 demonettes like what are you doing with them and i think it's an interesting mechanic that hopefully evan will jump back on very soon or we'll have to re-record this uh being wrapped up with the warlord battalion as well as um well as battle regiment Cool. Uh, it's coming in at 1950 uh, with with um, no reinforcement. Oh, no, actually, that's wrong. Oh, no, 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 it's right, actually. He's got no reinforcement points. So he hasn't had to increase the reinforcements at all of those pain bringers. Uh, it's at 80, 83 wounds, which is a fascinating one. Um, just see if he's jumping on at all. Just check my email. Um, yeah, it's as, as Gavin's pointed out here, you know, one, Carlos is loving this. Uh, thanks, Bill. We've got the absolute gorgeous beards going on here. But more importantly, as Gavin's kind of pointed out, you know, it's just annoyingly tough. And I think that's the thing that you wouldn't think about Slanesh at the moment is it is super durable. Um, and where your demonettes would normally fold, your demonettes would normally fold. They don't take a punch very much. You know, Gav, uh, Gavin, um, Gavin's rightfully pointed out that Evan has built up a really durable list. So the Lord and Savior here, he's back. Hello, welcome. Sorry, uh, graphics card's dying and uh, I haven't been able to find a replacement, so I apologize. No, that's fine. I was just giving them a bit of a rundown of your list and what it looked like. A couple of rapid fire questions, though, Evan, before yes, we please. move into the list. We talked a little bit about Archeon and just your experience with Archeon. Mm -hmm. A couple of other options. What are your thoughts on demons versus mortals with Slanish right now? Do you think it's one particular build? Do you think it's a hybrid? Yeah, I think... Uh, so if you look at the book as a whole, um, the everything favors demons as far as the rules. Uh, 
the locust, the uh, a lot of the spells. I would say all the good spells uh, are demons, and so there's a lot that I think favor the rules in general are better for demons, uh, and even a lot of the demons only buff other demons. So it's kind of a weird segmented army. So yes, I would say, especially if you are going to run something like uh, Archaon, demons give a lot of those buffs that uh, you, you know he, you would he would be looking for, especially since he is a demon and a mortal. So he gets the best of both. What about the coalition forces? So your um, Slaves to Darkness and your Beasts of Chaos. And I know the Beasts of Chaos one has caused confusion in my other videos where people are like, wait a second, you can't bring in Doom Bulls. You can't bring in something from Beasts of Chaos because of the, the way marking works. But now the coalition forces as per third edition allows you to bring in, uh, is it one in every four or mm -hmm. is it two in every four? It's one in every four. I believe it's one in every four. So. Yeah, so you can bring in Beasts of Chaos. They don't fulfill a battle line requirement, so you right. couldn't go in and, and get some cheap, you know, Ungor Raiders or, or things like that to fill in those um, those battle line choices. But have you thought about what Beasts of Chaos or Slaves to Darkness possibly bring to Slanesh? Yeah, I mean, the thing is right now um, that I think a lot of people struggle with is the depravity. And so the idea that anything on the board that suffers uh, uh, either a wound or mo unit model lost, as far as I'm aware, uh, generates depravity. And so being able to bring, as long as you have something that can stay on the board, even if it's um, you know a bunch of gores and stuff, and you just save that CP for a battle shock uh, save, like that is huge for their points. And I think that is a huge cover that I haven't even really taken full advantage of myself just because I don't play and I don't have any Beast of Chaos, but yeah, that was something like, if you really want to play Slangors, don't buy that unit, and then go and buy, like go and bring some Beast of Chaos in, because they have a huge range, and uh, I don't know if a lot of their War Scroll spells and stuff, if I remember correctly, and just the monster, they have access to monsters and stuff, so you could bring like a Cockatrice that can help with mortal wounds and stuff, so it's pretty, uh, they have a huge range that although it's you're not really getting much out of it. They're not really bringing anything to the table. It, it provides an extra little layer of wounds because the average list that I have been able to put together is 70 to 85 wounds. It's really low for a 3.0 list, and they can help mitigate a lot of that, hopefully. And Zach rightfully pointed out that was going to be one of my call-outs would be the Bulgors. I think Bulgors mm -hmm. could be a, a good inclusion to a Slanesh list. Um, is it Ungor Raiders that have a pre-game move? I think it's from memory that allows you. I think it's it's Ungor or Ungor Raiders. I think one of the Beasts yeah, of Chaos does them. have a pre-game move. That could be really good to, again, push up forward, maybe generate some early depravity, um, create some interesting screens, especially, let's see, especially Caradron Overlords in the FAQ mm -hmm. have just gotten some pre-game teleporting stuff through the Alpha Beast pack. So by being able to push them out further with a pre-game move yeah. um, might work really well. Yeah, especially keeping them, and I, I agree, like if you can get, move that six inches and then they're redeploying outside of that nine, well, they're usually outside that 12-inch threat range that if you're one of your heroes or monsters is in that range, it's just going to die. So I definitely think that that's um, pretty big. I yeah. think against a skilled player, um, you're going to want that screening or that extra layer of screening, even if it is something that's just going to die on the first turn. 
Yeah, and who knows if Stormcast and how Stormcast going to come in with their new battle tome? Like they've yeah. been always about you know alpha striking from the from reserve. You know that might be a nice. Yeah, the the uh, I had a player who uh, at the tournament actually I was playing a Stormcast player, and it was really tough to get around his stuff. Um, and even his annihilators, I warned him of that about how depravity works, and he still uh, put annihilators down, charged everything, and I got I think I got like seven depravity my first turn. So, or his his turn, his first turn. I made him go first. So it was it was interesting about how that how it, all that comes together and how having that excess. I, I think as we get further into it and people start finding the spot, it's going to become way more popular. Yeah, and Carlos, I'll get Evan to repeat it. I'm sorry. I wish I had an answer here. Slangors, is there a place for them yet? No, no. I, they're, I don't think they're <laughs> – they could go down probably 50 points, and I don't think I'd still play them. <laughs> they're, they're that bad. What, what, what makes them bad in your opinion? Like why, why – uh, is, um, is it just there's better options that do that role, or is it just there's nothing attractive about the wall scroll? I don't even know what role they're supposed to fulfill, right? Because they're blocks of three. They're 160 points, if I remember correctly, but they're five-up save – and their attacks are super low and super bad. The hit, the wound, bad rend, and the damage is kind of uh, mediocre. And just so everything on that war scroll, if I were to even in Beast of Chaos, I don't think I would take it. I mean, it's it's just so bad. Like overall, I don't think I, I don't think I don't think Beast of Chaos can can even take them. I'm pretty sure that was I, one I, of their frustrations. Yeah. was that. Um, but they one other, no <laughs> they have no home. <laughs> oh, oh, poor converter's dream. Last, last rapid fire question. And by the way, if you if you missed it as well, one of the cool updates that that the new book obviously brought was that you can summon from the feign. So it's probably one yes. really good positive is that even if you do find these alpha strikes, shoot off the heroes in Sledesh, which was always one of the easiest ways to take you down and stop your depravity generation, um, you can still summon from the feign, which in my opinion was great. Actually, I've got two. I've got two questions now, and then we'll go to your list. Sure. One. Senessa and Dexessa, the two, what was essentially, they're mini keepers, right? They aren't as good. They're not as, sorry, when I say good, I mean, they're not as powerful as the keeper, Yeah. but they play a different role. Any thoughts on Dexessa and Senessa? So uh, I'm probably, I, I, I've heard the opposite of what I, how I feel about them, but so I, I bought them as soon as they came out. I love the way they looked. I mean, they're fantastic models. Yeah. And their kit is really cool as far as what you like. And whoever was designing it had a really cool idea in mind. Um, I just don't like how they play. So, and I, I say that like if I had to choose, Sinessa is the one that I have played, uh, and I think that she is a auto include with Cogs. Like if you're going to bring her, just Cogs are auto included. It's part of her price because the one attack or the one spell is just kind of ridiculous. So usually I'll have a keeper or, or glutose summon the cogs, and then that way she can use both of her map-wide spells and her command ability. Uh, being able to do a command ability anywhere on the map, yeah, it's map-wide. It's huge. Not that we really need it, but the idea that she can do like lured haze across the map is uh, pretty neat. Um, Dexessa, I have yet to find a home for her, and that's because one, she's ten wounds. Probably mm. the worst wounds that you... I would rather her be nine wounds because she's not a sub-commander. 
Because the other one, the other one's nine. So she's one's, nine. one's ten, one's nine. Yeah. And just for the folks playing at home, for they might not know the difference on why going to ten is bad. Oh, any, uh, any... yeah. The the being a leader, uh, but not a sub commander, really hurts. And so most of the time, when I'm putting stuff together, I find that Senessa is really nice because she's a two hundred and sixty point um, sub commander. So I can run the Warlord Battalion. I can run all those battalions that require a sub-commander. But De uh, Dexessa does not. She She's 10 wounds. She doesn't get the lookout, sir. Which she's, I mean, she's a monster anyways. But all, everything about her kit is just, like, off. Like, it, it's just, like, one little tweak that can make it good. And so, yeah, that's why I yeah. think... And, and plus, her. so her uh, gaining attacks is really cool. Because she only has to do it once. And it, like you, you go into turn one, fight, and then for the rest of the game, she'll generate it, even if you don't fight in those, uh, based on the wording of. I don't know if they meant that intentionally, but that's at least how I read it in the thing. Um, but the problem is, she doesn't ever survive. Every game I've played with her, if there is shooting, they immediately kill her. And because she's four up save, but that minus one to hit really doesn't save her from anything. And mm -hmm. then um, she just. I don't know. She just isn't tanky enough to. Uh, I mean, keepers already aren't tanky, right? But you can put a amulet of destiny on one, or even Chalaxi can be like plus two to the save, plus three to the save if you get all the stuff off. So it's just not. I, I don't think Dexessa. If I had to choose, like Senessa, yeah, absolutely. She's really good. She sits there all game, just casting her spells, and can be really annoying, but. Uh, I don't see, and it, Senessa is actually probably better in Legion of the First Prince because she carries all her spell lore with her. So she doesn't really gain anything from being in a Heat of Night list. But uh, yeah, Senessa, I think, is the, my favorite of the two. That's, that's been my opinion. I, I think the, the, if I'm going to go a combat focused, I'm probably going to something like a Keeper. Um, but the the magical the magical support and just some of that board wide control and abilities I think I've really enjoyed. But I'm not a Slanish player, so it's good to hear your thoughts. Mm. Um, really quickly, Soul Feaster, the new well, not new, but the Forge World model. Do you think is a place to upgrade your keeper yeah. to the the Soul Feaster and sacrifice sacrifice the double pile in or the double attack um, uh, command ability? Yeah, yeah I, so. I kind of have to eat my words because I, I was literally telling someone yesterday that I don't think the Soul Feaster is worth it. Um, but the thing is that a lot of people don't realize you have to be very careful with the Keeper's Fight um, Twice ability. Because one, you have to be within that Holy, holy Within 12, which is already kind of difficult uh, to do. But also, if you used a command... She can't use more than one command ability in that phase. And then whatever you put it on can't have been benefited from a command ability in that phase as well. So it's really tough when like, let's say I'm throwing glutose or I'm throwing Sigvald in there. I can't, I have to be careful not to use all out attack or all out defense because Ooh. I need to use that, that, um, that fight on her. So it's, it's one of those things where you have to be really careful leading into it. She's very, it's sometimes I have to choose not to use it. So that I can make sure that my whatever, you know, like Glutose or whatever, or Sigvald is surviving because they're in combat with something that might kill him if I don't use all defense. But then I lose out on the fight twice. 
Um, yeah, I can imagine you get straight to the combat phase, get super excited, throw down all attack, all out defense, and then days. you, yeah, and then yeah, and, then, yeah. and then you go, and then you go straight to straight yeah. to the the file twice. You're like, oh wait, I've already issued or received the command <laughs> in <laughs> this. Been so many times where it's like, you, oh shoot, you're like, oh. I mean, I imagine that would work really well with their finest hour. But yes, you've mm-hmm. got to probably got to pull back, and but it's also probably good that you know that you're going to issue all out attack or all out defense somewhere else. So right. Um, it, but it also makes it a problem too, because like Sigvald, for instance, as far as I'm aware, anything that's in the deep strike can't use uh, heroic actions, so um, right. because they're off the board. And so yeah. I was like, I can't find a tower or Sigvald. So I actually, if you look at my list, I priced it at 1955, so that I could guarantee I get that indomitable uh, um, triumph, so that I can give that plus one to wound. Or Sigvald. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's kind of silly to do, uh, very gimmicky. But it, I, there wasn't a single game that I ever had anyone that was at 1955 or lower. So, yeah, no, no I like it. I like it. It's um, it's oh. certainly something to consider because you got to remember. You've definitely got to remember, um, especially like as I've been going through my books, remembering the difference between second edition and third edition. One of the big ones is they can only issue or receive a command. And something that I've not struggled with recently, but um, especially with heroes is if someone gets a roar off onto my hero and shuts that down, then you've just shut down the double pile in like that. And, and it's one of those things where, so, I mean, going back to your original thing, uh, yes, I think the Soul Feaster definitely has some play now, especially since it only costs 12 Depravity to summon. Uh, I think that's huge, because you can choose a Keeper or the Soul Feaster, and if you are de- if you are in a game where you're generating Depravity, but you really need that extra boost, I would say if, you've, if you have enough for turn 3, and you already have your Keeper Secrets on the board, Summoning a Soul Feaster is perfect because you're not really using do- two double fights because your heroes are not all locked into combat and all locked into combat with something that they need to fight twice for. So a, a Soul Feaster, although they are less attacks, they I don't like their War Scroll spell. Um, I, I I think they're they're like a, a mini like a um, they're they're priced correctly in the fact that they're not as much as a keeper, but as far as a summoning goes, it's it's kind of torn, right? Because they they what I like about them is they can still do the um, um what's it called the uh, where they do the D three mortals to them to an enemy and stuff like the temptation. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah. Sorry, the, the, <laughs> I wasn't sure. The, I wasn't sure where you're going with it. I think about the temptation where you can like do the temptation, and I actually found out you can stack the temptation on the same same model, and I ended up uh, killing a star drake because of it. So. Uh, you know, you, I had two keepers just every two, two, uh, two battle rounds in a row. I kept offering temptation. He thought he could tank it out because it had amulet destiny, and then he failed the mortals. So, you know, it was pretty interesting to watch that happen. I know some. I know some early thinking in my Discord. They're talking about potentially a niche build within God Seekers with the uh, with the Soul Feaster, mm-hmm. but to to the, to your point, it is a little bit cheaper than a Keeper. They might be better to keep in your summoning pool as opposed to yeah. actually buying in your list. Um, oh, unless, yeah. you, unless you're building a list and you find you don't have enough points for a Keeper and you don't want to make a sacrifice on everything else. Yeah, I think um, 
so realistically, if we're talking about keepers and soul feasters in general, like those type of greater demons, I really don't think you bother paying for them unless you have Amulet of Destiny to bring. I really don't like their war scrolls without that five up ward save uh, on it. And then if you're running, if you're trying to run more than one, I, I just don't like it at all because uh, I really like Shalaxi. But I think she just dies to everything. I mean, there's, there's, unless it's a hero that, you know, shouldn't be in combat with her, uh, it doesn't take much to kill her, do the 14 damage because she's still only a four up save and all her buffs are to heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's what a, what a crazy world we're living in right now. I think there's definitely needing more mortals. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, especially long-range damage that's outside of spells. I mean, it's a weird meta we're currently in. I can't wait for it to settle a little bit. And, um, yeah, I think for me the big lesson as well has been not relying on combat command abilities. And anywhere I can get, like, an aura benefit that can avoid yeah. raw. Like the amount of times I've, I've been done by raw... Um, and, I'm, and, you know, obviously Hunters of the Heartland can help me keep my units protected, but for my heroes that my might heroes. go all out yeah. attack, <laughs> that I might be, like, going up for a, a big stack, um, that raw on a 3-plus is just, just brutal. It's really good. It's, yeah. uh, it's great because you can obviously shut down somebody. I, I can shut down your double pile-in, but for you who's preparing you and planning, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you've got to have a plan B. So Most of the time, whenever I would charge someone, uh, that was... We just roared each other. That's what most yeah. people and the person who didn't get roared on probably died. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Or you get the double roar. It's like, cool. I'm roaring you. You can't use a CP. Okay, I'm roaring. You can't use a CP. Cool. Where <laughs> nothing happens. Yeah, it's just like who has the better war scroll at that point. So I know for me, I've just been looking at other ways where I can probably maximize my hunters of the heartland, just so I've got a plan B. So I'm not relying on a super yeah, bad. It's. I would say Slanesh is probably pretty tough for hunters of the heartland because they're so cp dependent that you want to you want to try to have warlord or the um command entourage for the for the extra cp i mean i think it's like super important especially if we're ranking them i i actually don't really care for god seekers i, I think lord Hayes with the deep strike does more than what god seekers can do on average so it's probably lurid Hayes pretenders and then god seekers if i had to guess but um, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about your list now that I, I had yeah. to do the fill in when you when your graphics card shit itself. <laughs> um, before I do that, really quickly, reserves. You talked about this particular build, Lord Hayes, with the you've yeah. got the three. You can choose three units and put them into reserve, right? D three. That's D. It's D three. Sorry. I, mm. So with the board size shrinking because you know it, it's there's less space across the board and there's also less distance between us as as opponents right doesn't how are you finding that impacts your reserve options are you finding that your opponents has have less models on the board so it's not an issue are you finding that you've got to be smarter with the types of units you put into reserve like what's your general feel oh yeah you so um it's it's like the super gimmick, right? Like I yeah. trick my opponent every single time into either falling for it, and in which case it goes as planned, or they plan for it, in which case I just don't do anything, and then they're like, "Oh wait, I thought you were gonna attack me," and then they've kind of because they have to spread their army, you know, because there is a lot less that they can maneuver. Um, even that, my first game, 
when he had 60 pink ores, uh, he still couldn't, because of the, co um, the um, uh, coherency, he couldn't spread them one out and block everything that he was looking for. So it was one of those things that he he tried his best to do it, but there was a little gap in between. And with the three the pylon being different, where it's not the closest miles, the closest unit, I can get that extra swing. And so normally there was two ways that this happened. I would deep strike and because your average is two that you're you're deep striking. So Sigvald was always going in deep strike. Never you I don't think Sigvald is ever worth bringing unless you have the deep strike. So if you're trying to run him in Godseeker or run him in Pretenders for whatever reason, I really don't think it's worth it because now he's vulnerable and it's kind of like um, Gotrek, where as soon as Gotrek, you see him, everything else just stays away from him. And yeah. uh, there's, we, I fought a player, same thing. He had a Gotrek on the board. I was super worried about it. Never got into combat outside of one thing that I let him get in combat with because you can just redeploy outside of the effective range. And I, and I was going to, yeah, I was going to say that is probably two big things that probably work in your favor or maybe work against you, depending on who you're playing and what side of the coin, but redeploy that one command ability is probably one of my favorites in AOS three, the, the ability to deny your opponent a combat, or at least make it a lot harder with them and, or even redeploy and move off an objective, uh, mm -hmm. so back a battle tactic or things like that. Um, can be painful. But the other change that I just kind of clicked with and I thought I'd ask you for your opinion is run is now different. Run, retreat, and move are now three different things. You right. used to be able to run out of combat, um, you know, obviously roll the dice to extend it to make sure you're outside of the three. But given that your retreat and I, I've seen some interesting mechanics in combat where there's been multiple combats and it's quite hard to get outside of three to to retreat but being that slanesh is super fast i imagine that's a great tool you got up your sleeve yeah if you can survive <laughs> like usually that's there's something like so like uh a perfect example is um glutose i i can't tell you how many times he's uh um done like a slingshot off of something and then you know i get the double turn and then he charges across like and people don't ever see it because he gets that run in charge so he retreats out of something he doesn't want to be within, then runs and, and then charges. And he's, you know, 25 inches away from where he started that previous turn. And the thing is, he's healing that, you know, he can heal that entire time. There's, and then Sigvald, same thing. Sigvald's only six wounds, but he's so hard to deal with. He's like a, a mini Gotrek where he's, he gets into something. And that's, that's what I think most people misunderstand with Sigvald is he is not run up the board charge into the chaff he's pick a target that you plant like he he's a lot like um uh morsar eels with uh and deepkin it's very similar because the, the deep strike is exactly the same he has the plus three to his charge exactly the same as the uh as the um morsar eels with the um whatever that dude's name with is yeah, yeah, with Vault, Vaulty or the uh, Killian King. Thank you. Yeah, and he's trying to get that. You get that plus three to charge. He gets into him, and then you kill that thing. And then it, then it, that's really his mission accomplished. And that has happened every single game with him that he's been worth his points. Is I pick something that's on the side in the corner, charge it in, kill it, because it, usually something with the Amulet Destiny. That was the only reason why I thought to bring him was because at the tournament uh, that 
we were in in Dallas, every list I went up against when I was playing with my troll list was um, everyone had Amulet Destiny. I had Amulet Destiny. And Sigvald is great against that. I mean, I one-shot uh, rolling average and anointed on Frostheart Phoenix. And, and that's going to be... And depending on how Games Workshop ruled the latest FAQ, which is talking about feel no pains and ward saves being different and having potential yes. stacks, everyone, like I know the minute in my Discord, everyone that when they saw that rule are building out super durable Frost Lords and, and anointed on Phoenixes and I think Nurgle disgusting resilience. There's, so the people are just building like super tanky heroes. And by the way, Ryan, thank you so much. It actually is Soul Scryer, not the Archelian <laughs> yeah. King. Um, I remember That's that right. one now. I'm thinking more like that jerk that jerk would just like four cps and double you know all the attacks oh, yeah. they, can't do, they can't do that now but mm-hmm. um with i think get, getting through those those um those ward yeah. saves um with something like Vol, uh sigvold um i know the auric guys at the moment obviously with the this one particular yeah the Drakfoot, that could be a really good way because everyone is taking amulet destiny it's too good people are taking so bless people are taking any way to get it's that ward save ethereal amulet but it better. is because <laughs> and, that, and that's and that's and that's that's why you know go trek is such a monster because he has only what eight wounds, three up armor save, ward save, and really? then has the ability to yes, <laughs> yes, you've got the yeah. heroic action heal. You can then double down with Emerald Life Swarm for another heal. There are other ways to Amazing. heal, and yeah. and having Sigvold go right, cool. You got Go Trek, and a lot of auto players are taking Go Trek, or you're taking a Mega Gargant with the Amulet Destiny, and it's just really hard to pull down. Cool story, bro. I'm just gonna cut through you. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like, uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Sigvald doesn't kill Gotrek. Uh, even with even when I do the math, even if he fought twice, he would not survive Gotrek attacking him uh, to actually fight a second chance. But as far as like like you know we were talking about, especially if that rule is, I I really really hope if game anyone from Games Workshop if you're listening, please don't bring that back uh, because. I'm just going to see, I was talking to my brother about running Settler's Gain, bringing a bunch of Phoenix Guard with Techless, so then it's a 4-up with a 5-up. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. So <laughs> it's uh, Nobody copy that list, please don't. Uh, so it's one of those things where Sigvald is like super important, and I think a lot of people they either overestimate him or underestimate him. And if they underestimate him, then he kills whatever they don't want to die. They're like, oh, that thing with the ward save, you know, those 20 Phoenix guard you had or whatever you have with, you know, a mega gargant, he does like an average of 15 damage to a mega. And then that mega can't kill him on average because you just do the plus one save. And then it's like, you know, oh, I'm saving on fives and I have a four up ward save myself. So there's very little chance that he dies. Well, I, I would say there's a good chance he can die, but Norm, if he gets that fight twice, he's already earned his points. He's almost killed 500 points worth of a Mega Gargant just so that you kill 265 points worth of stuff. So, 
one, the trade-off there, the 265 is really an insurance policy. Yeah. It's not a lot of points. And um, obviously right now in the meta, you can do Mystic Shield for a plus one save. You can do all that defense if you want a plus one save. So those things that are Mega Gargant really strong, for example, the Ren 2, Ren 3, put put Siggy's on, Siggy on cover. Um, there are so, way, so many ways to get a plus one that you can mitigate that Ren 3 and just be on uh, either a plus one or you know, really reduce right. the impacts down. So um, I love it. I love this as an insurance policy. And, and real and, quick, I mean, yeah. No. And the thing is too, is he's a great distraction because if he gets in, he usually kills something that's worth his point. So it's like mission accomplished. But the big thing is too, is like, he's too tanky for you to just throw your chaff at it. He, um, and he, you know, him, especially when he gets that charge off, he fights first too. So normally he kills whatever he fights. Then, uh, if if I know that I can get Sigvald into some what he can kill, the keeper will go with him. Either running it up, running the keeper up, or charging or deep striking with Sigvald to get that that double fight off because it, he doesn't have any buffs on himself at that point. And usually Sigvald does way more damage than what my opponent expects, and then they overcompensate by sending everything they can at Sigvald. When he's nowhere near the objectives and so i just slowly move up the objectives take everything and then i've i've pretty much won at that point yeah he's a massive uh, distraction card effects and, um, and yeah one thing too uh sigvald in this is my general as far as the uh i can run up to three generals and sigvald is the not the chosen general but he is one of the host option generals what that means is i get depravity when he's in enemy territory which he's going to be most likely uh, because of the deep strike and when he's dead when he's killed i get a cp so it's one of those things where his trade-off is actually worth what 50 points and then you know he generates that depravity on my turn because he's probably not dying on my turn so it's one of those things where it forces my opponent to do something They're, they don't want to leave him in the back line to keep killing all the stuff a way that also works really well is one of the battle tactics that rewards you for having is it two two units in enemy territory. Yes. So not only are you generating additional depravity, yeah, you're not only getting additional depravity for it, and you're obviously causing your opponent mm. a nightmare, but you're then scoring battle tactics. So it might be a really good early one. Right. Um, so yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, and the big thing is too is like so if you're looking to play Keeper Secrets as like your heavy hitter. I just, I highly, we talked about it before, but I highly discourage that kind of mentality. I think that uh, the Keeper Secrets is pure, de like, support character. Either supporting Sigvald into guaranteeing that he kills what he needs to, or supporting Glutos into making him more of an Archaeon type hero. So it's one of those things where I think he, a lot of people want to play the old keeper mentality where they just run them off the board, charge it in, do something. But really, I I had I never did that. That my keeper stayed behind Glutos three of my games and stayed with Sigvald the two other games. And the one go trek came, killed Sigvald, and then was like, I'm gonna pick the keeper to um be my you know, bring it down. And then I just got the heck out of there. And he <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of it. Gotrek never got into combat because I'm in the corner of of, of a map, and he and can't for, get anywhere. 
And for the people who haven't picked up Slanish for a while and, and are probably trying to work out why the Keeper doesn't do what it used to do, one of the big changes was the way Locust works. So you could really charge in with the Keeper of Secrets and it was a low-risk strategy because you could go in, do absolute carnage because your opponent was fighting last and there were so many different options to make your opponent fight last that you, you would probably do more damage than they would do back. Um, but now that's changed a little bit, so I can see the role has played more of a support piece yeah. and maybe more as a um, yeah, like coming in as a sec yeah as a second wave as yeah. opposed to the first line of offense, which was just mm -hmm. this missile that went in, tied you up, and let you score. Yeah, and, and the thing is with the the keeper too, she's she has some good sustain. Uh, you have the uh, fourteen wounds with a four up save, which isn't terrible uh i i kind of trashed like that by itself is pretty bad but having the five up ward save is really helpful because you're talking almost like 20 wounds at that point uh 18 to 20 wounds but then the uh the sinister's hand on top of that is healing a lot and you can be a little picky with what you get into and then also one thing where if she gets wounded to the point uh, that you're like kind of concerned outside of the hand healing her she also get can do the heroic uh, the heroic actions and sig or glutose gives a plus one bravery so it's an 11 not a 10 and so that's something that i think a lot of people underestimate about what how sustained the keeper is they think oh well i can kill this keeper because the summoned keeper that i ki i killed you know in one turn with uh, you know, whatever, you know, just some, some units and I'm going to try to do it with this and it doesn't, it doesn't work out. So, yeah. And it, and it might be calling out the chat is, you know, the chat's on fire is a whole bunch of cool ideas being thrown up, you know, Tyler, uh, buckets, you know, he, he was on my, um, f uh, Legion of the first print show. And, you know, one of the call outs he made was, you know, what are your thoughts on bringing 20 Marauders in as opposed to a pain bringer? You know, we've got Gav talking, I think one of your crew members, talking about, um, you know, potentially bringing in a Sorcerer Lord from the Slaves to Darkness. Yeah. I think the great thing the great thing here is this is not the one and true only internet list you can ever run. You know, take this, play with it, bring in your favourite models, bring in your different play styles. There's definitely, in my opinion, a place for the Marauders. I think getting that guaranteed yeah. charge, there's some really cool things you could possibly do. Yeah, Cow Sorcerer Lord um, on Manticore, another good option. Um, I think, you know, Season is to Taste. I think we already talked about Dexessa and Senessa or um, yeah. the Soul Feaster. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, too, is like the Soul Feaster, uh, going back to that, you can ally that in with other armies, which is really cool because it is sub 400, which I don't think there's any really a, one of those kind of monsters that are that. The depravity generation doesn't really mean anything, but the idea of having a keeper that can do all that is still, um, there are some play with that. But yeah, there it it is very, with the Slaves of Darkness and the um, Beasts of Chaos especially, I think you can really make any list out of Slanesh and perform about the same. I just think that like Glutose is really the, the glue that makes you go that step higher. If you're looking to play competitive, Glutose is a must. And I wanted to get to Glutos. So I have a Glutos. It is a conversion piece. I love the model, but more importantly, it actually has some really good rules. Is it an offensive piece, a defensive piece, a support piece? How do you play and build around it? Because we did talk right at the start of the show 
that you can't just put in glutos and it's going to do great great things for you you really got to think about the build build around it and and optimize essentially one quarter of your force so uh i think a lot of people and i was guilty of this too where they they play them like fat across right like that's what we call them in texas is a fat across so uh you know <laughs> it's one of those things where a lot of people saw his war scroll saw how similar it was to catacross and so they treated it like catacross they sat him in the back he provided the buff he had his magic casting and then if it, things got dicey then he'd get into combat uh I think that's kind of misplaced. I think that, you know, going back to what we were originally talking about, he's very similar to um uh he, he's very similar to the uh Archaeon setup where like he's not as tanky or he can be as tanky. He can be um he can do a lot of damage too, although his hit and wound values aren't as good on average, but the idea is that he He's good. There's a overall he's like a jack of all trades, but in 3.0, jack of all trades is actually quite good because every there's a if they're whatever you need, there's a command ability for it. There's a a bit like spell that you can get off. There's something that you can do to counter that. And so if you go up against an army like Lumineth, let's say, that just instantly shuts down your magic, you're not gonna really get any spells off. Uh that's okay. Glutos, you know, doesn't the spells are just extra little you know, a cherry on top. And that's how his entire kit works for the most part. Oh, well, he doesn't get enough hits off. Well, that's just a cherry on top. He's a, he's a, he can be that tank that you need to. So normally what I do is I put all the spells on him and then I charge him up the center. And then if I need a tank to hold down everything, he, I just lured haze him. He's already got mystic shield on. If I really need it, I will finest hour him because he's great bait, especially those like mock crushers and stuff. They really think they can, do all that damage and uh you know he's he's just really tough to get through and the big thing too is that you you play him like archaeon in zinch but you also make sure that every all your uh out you know units that you have are also within that 12 inches so that uh he can provide that minus one to hit aura onto all of them so that, just that's to- real big just a one quick clarification coming out of uh, Silmaru, I think it's called. Um, the the Glutos plus one bravery is only for mortal hedonites, we believe. So, oh um, yeah, I'm sorry. we might we, we, so we, so we probably yeah. So we got we can't boost the keeper up to a bravery of eleven, but I, I don't think that there's a such a marginal difference between bravery ten versus bravery eleven for the yeah. for the heal. I'm I, just and I'm I'm usually healing. I, I'm I'm sorry I misspoke on that because usually uh, it's on glutose or the pain bringers as well because the glutose is a nine I believe and so he makes himself a ten uh, on top of that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, ten is still great. I think ten is usually where you know because I play a lot of destruction armies and the bravery is not. <laughs> satisfactory enough to, I, to risk it I, I play cities i play gargants and they are bravery six to seven so for me trying to heal up my my, my big chicken it. my free guild general <laughs> on chicken it's usually a one and I'm, I'm probably better off generating extra cp or their finest hour if i'm only if i'm only got like a bravery hot garbage but when i'm looking at um when i'm looking at glutos i think it's confusing for some people because 
it's such a heavy war scroll. You get all these combination of things wow. when you are at, you know, particular parts of the battle round. Um, you know, do I wait up and charge it up like a black coach and then release it in turn three or turn four when it's powered up? But then at the same time, I'm getting re-rolls to charges. I've got that half moving. For that, the magic spell, the the, um, the crippling famishment half is... Half move, half run, that, charge. Yeah. Playing playing people who have the corn version of that, which is the you know, the corn demon prince Demon's with prince. the aura, <laughs> yeah. you you realize how not broken it is, but how powerful it is to deny somebody uh, a battle tactic who are trying to kill a particular unit. Cool story, bro. You can't get into combat. Bonus points. I then use a retreat, not a retreat, a um a redeploy, and I've just halved your charge. It's it's charge as well, right? Yeah. yeah, so I've hired your charge. So not only have I redeployed and potentially moved an extra six inches away, but I've also halved your charge, halved your move, halved yeah. your run. You just have to be outside of six inches and you're done, right? You can't make that charge. You <laughs> can't make the charge. You've denied them a battle tactic. You've stopped them from getting onto an objective. That killing your opponent isn't going to win the game. It's it's battle tactics and denying yeah. your opponent their, their opportunities to score. That yeah. to me is the winner. That's what I love. Unfortunately, it's only a plus one to cast. It is a seven. So try to find ways to get a plus an additional plus one like Arcane. But I just I love that. Yeah, normally for Glutos, is two spells that he does. Mystic Shields himself. And then uh he either um he either does an arcane bolt, like a cheeky arcane bolt, or he'll go and do the uh the half you know if if there is something with an 18 which if i make my opponent go first and that's the thing too is like uh in most cases my opponents want to go first which i thought was kind of hilarious because there's not much i can do if you're outside of that 18 um so if you make if you want to win against slanesh a good way to start is making them go first and just screening effectively um but you know and that's that this list is a five drop list which beat most i think i beat i i had a I tied on one, but ended up winning the roll-off. And then three, I was lower drops then, and one beat me. And that was the toughest one, but I ended up still pulling that one off. So it was one of those things where um, Glutos kind of just pumps pumps all his stuff, and then I run him up to the mid center of the board, and a lot of people can't resist that, and they can't ignore it. And so they, they don't see it as an Archaeon model. And that's why I think if you're running Glutos, don't be scared move him off the board even if he doesn't kill anything he's going to tank everything out and uh you know because i like i said earlier i have never lost glutose in combat outside of a um slayer king yeah and i've played him for dozens of games when you look at Glutos, I think most people assume it's like a, tra a traditional wizard wagon a hurricanum um a war altar a cauldron of blood it's got a decent armor save, a bunch of wounds. It'll probably cripple in combat, like, you know, and, you know, it's the three-up armor save, 18 wounds, five-up ward save, has the ability to heal. It's, um, I think, you probably catch people off guard the first time, yep. and they learn their lesson pretty quickly and, the second and that, time. That's this entire list. If, you, if you're curious to know, I always fool the, a person the first time, and then the second time, I, it, they know what they're looking out for. And so it's, it is... Slanesh in general, like if you're if you're trying to figure out like where I rate them against the other chaos gods, uh, I think as far as if you're looking at the depravity versus um, blood tithe points versus fate points versus uh, whatever the 
Nurgle one is. Uh, the problem is Slanesh is the easiest one to stop. As far so, the way that you stop it is you any of these units that I have, um, you kill them. You you kill them and that you focus all your stuff on one and then move on to the next. And doing that will usually because I saw someone ask about depravity, how much I generate on average. I I, I was going to ask after you finish yeah. this. I, I was going to talk a little bit. <laughs> we, we haven't talked depravity, so yeah. so you know it's all about anything on the board either your units or your opponent's units that is wounded has either taken a wound even if they've healed it they did correct that yeah so that's even if they healed in the same turn or if they have less models than they started with in that turn so uh the depravity can generate quite quickly and if we're talking about in the five games i did at that gt uh three of them scored over 30 points like i got over 30 depravity which is huge i mean that's I was getting ready to summon a third keeper if it had gone on to the actual fifth turn. Um, in the other, in the one though, I only got to twelve. I only got to summon one keeper. We got to turn three, and that's because they knew what they needed to do as far as focusing down a unit at a time. And uh, they were also I was fighting OBR, so there was a lot of resurrection involved. But um, it was one of those things that it's real they're the easiest to counter with blood tithe points. I feel like there's, there's a set number of blood tithe points in the game. Cause there's a set number of units in the game, but it's almost inevitable that the, it's a, it's a worthy trade to kill a unit and do it. But if you, if your whole goal is okay, well, I just have to make sure I kill a unit. Well, you're over committing to it. You're killing it, but then I don't get anything from it. I'm not getting my points back on my expensive units. So depravity is very swinging where, Against a good player, I'm barely, I'm lucky if I ever get a keeper to summon, which as far as depravity goes, I don't really summon anything outside of a keeper. I don't think that demonettes or any of the heroes outside of it are really worth it, in my opinion. Uh, that could be misplaced, but I find that like in 2.0, summoning demonettes was really good because you could overwhelm the objective and and steal it or whatever or you, you know because they you could get that charge and stuff and and there was enough of a board between your heroes and the fate or um the um the, the, fane. Uh, the fane thank you where you could summon the demonettes and take an objective or steal back an objective and still be outside that six inches but now i really don't th I, th I just think keepers are better they got the their monsters you can equip them with a spell when they're summoned everything about their kit is worth the 12 points to get it but you just... but you can't score victory points off battle tactics because it's only starting, army, starting right? army right a lot of yeah. the, a lot of them a lot of them is, is starting army so you yeah. summon so you have to be careful with that but as far and you know there's still monsters as far as uh if they die <laughs> your opponent will get a point from roma Gur, or from your gur thing so yes. it is you have to be careful with what you're summoning but i think the the, the pros outweigh the cons in that part where in most cases, if you can summon a, if you're if you're on your second keeper summon, you're probably way ahead in the game already. Um, but that one key, extra keeper is huge. I mean, even against the game that I lost, um, but against Archaon Zinch, I I only lost because I failed a charge with a summoned keeper. I needed to make a six inch charge. I failed it re-rolling, and it was a heartbreak. But that was what I mean. It wouldn't have happened had I not had the points to summon it. So it, it it's huge on summoning those keepers because they count as five models. They whatever they get into, if it's less than ten wounds, they probably clean them up. 
Um, yeah. No, it's interesting, especially in the current battle pack, and it might change, you know, when we move away from the realm of Gur. And you know, there's, there's there's so many cool things. You know, you got you know you can you can turn, get a spell to turn someone into a monster. So if you need the extra monster from your starting army, you can cast Metamorphosis. To your point, yeah. you do give away you do give away a victory point each turn if a monster dies in that turn. So if you lose two keepers in one turn, then you only still lose that one victory point, or you right. give away a victory point. Um, one one thing too is that uh, I, I did forget to mention about Glutos. He's not a monster, and that's very important because uh, he can make himself a monster, and everyone like. Every time the look on my opponent's face when they see that, oh, well, it's not a monster, I don't get these buffs. So, like, when I was fighting the Stormcast player, he had a Yandrasta with a bunch of Praetors, and I charged Glutose into it, and he's like, oh, you're, you're, you're bracketed from the 10 wins. I'm like, oh, he's not a monster. I killed Yandrasta eventually between Sigvald and Glutose, and then I made him a monster. And then I was able to take an objective because all he had left was a liberator, uh, li like three liberator blocks and a, and a star drake. So it's kind of important with that spell. And that, and uh, yeah, that, that actually is a really good one because that could be a really good late game monster because yes. people are going to try to take down monsters. And as we've already rightly pointed out, summoned keepers or summoned monsters aren't going to get the additional victory point stuff He's because it's not. starting army. Yeah. But Glutos <laughs> would be a starting army and you get the plus one to the cast. Uh, it's super durable, as we've already talked about. It's a, yeah, I, I can see real value in that. That's a really, really good um, he, he model. Is, I think to any Slanesh player, Player, person that wants to play Slanesh, uh, Glutos is your starting model. He is always, even if you're like, oh, I want to run a keeper or whatever, fine, run both of them. Like, that's like, it's not a bad thing to, you're talking the point cost for a keeper of secrets and a, um, and Glutos is only slightly more than Archaeon. You're talking about like 900 points or so, uh, or eight, 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 uh, 895, right? Yeah, if you run a double keeper and a glutos, you're like fifteen hundred points just on. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, a keeper and glutos. Oh, a single keeper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, yeah. So if you roll. Yeah, you're about the same price. You're about the yeah, same price so as Nagi and Nagashian. But your kit is your your four spells. You you have uh you know a bunch of stuff. I would say it's it's arguably better because you can rotate that ability where Archaon is just one big target and he's stuck in killing whatever he gets into so if he gets into pink cores or whatever uh, he's wasting his turn he's not worth his points in that where glutose and the keeper can rotate swing and work off each other and provide buffs to each other with through the minus one and the fight twice and stuff so i really really like that combo Although in saying that, we did get an update on uh, Pink Horrors, and this is not the Zent show, so uh, <laughs> that, that you might find Archaeon is less protected by Pink Horror hordes. But I want to talk finally about your Pain Bringers. So you've got four units of Pain Bringers. Bucket's talked about it. Why don't you bring Marauders? Other people are thinking about it. Why not Demonettes? Why not Chaos Warriors? Why not some other type of... Even people, like I know early on, with hedonites people were talking about your archers you know even as having one unit oh, of the, archers the barbs, yeah. yeah the bliss barbs just to chip it chip at your opponent just to you know do some depravity um even if you split the attacks and generate a little bit of depravity why did you double down on four units of five pain bringers well <clears throat> originally my list was actually thematic um you know i 
I uh, I was like Sigvald with all this mirror stuff, you know. Um, and so that's why you know I painted my pain bringers with a bunch of mirror paint scheme. That was the original goal. Um, but it, I noticed that in 3.0, there's not a lot of mortals out there, and there's not a lot of shooting out there. And so, I mean, there is, of course, but like there isn't a, a, a lot between armies. It's usually like an army specializes in immortals or army specializes in shooting. And but... you're talking, you're talking mortal wounds, not mortal as oh, in I'm sorry, mortal, yeah, mortal wounds. Just, just in case anyone's thinking about like, you're like, wait a second, half the book's mortal. No, yeah, you're yeah. talking mortal wounds. Mortal wounds. So yeah. when you take that into consideration, the Painbringers actually look pretty. They're they're way too expensive. I think you know compared to their Chaos Warrior counterpart, it's uh it's no it's no joke how they're they're overpriced. But they're surprisingly tanky and they're actually pretty decent in combat. I mean they're they're doing a lot of attacks and they're exploding their sixes to hit and they're doing mortal wounds in addition on the wounds with rend on the attacks as that go through. So there's surprisingly I think on average they do like five damage with a five block uh, between mortals and then the minus one to hit. But that starts to add up quite a bit, right? Their whole point is how much depravity can I generate off of these five pain bringers? And that's what normally happened is they either, if they would either die getting slammed into by a maw crusher and they did their job by tanking that maw crusher and wasting all its attacks, or they would get attacked with, um, liberators and be stuck all game just generating depravity or they would get stuck in with um, any of the they usually ran up against other sing, you know um, single unit uh, like you know minimum units that they would come okay. into so they would come across something and most of those can't kill the pain bringers because the in combat in melee they are a plus one save already and then if they had rend well I have all out defense I have Lord Hayes, I got all this stuff that I can make them very difficult. And they were usually always in the range of glutose. So it's minus one to hit as well. And so and... that's where if people are like, well, this doesn't make much sense. Well, when you stack the minus one to hit, and they're usually only swinging at one pain bringer block or two pain bringer bo blocks, well, I happen to have two ways to add plus one defense or plus one save to both of them. And so be between the two of that, it was very difficult for my opponents to get through that in almost any case. And then glutose is usually in combat with the third. So it's it it you're able to tie down everything and create a brick wall of sorts. The painbringer shields didn't get updated. You can can you still re-roll the save, right? No, they they changed that. It. That, that did okay. I was, I was wondering where you're in the plus one from. I was assuming yeah. you were going all out defense. Okay, so you don't get the Arguably re worse, per... you know. Like I was I, I, no, no, but but I was what I was thinking in my mind was I'm like, wait a second, I can get a I'm a base four up, I get yeah. a plus one to the save through all out defense, then I get to re-roll that. Okay, so th that that was one they of the are updates just a plus in one now. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So Which, you get the plus um, one. Yeah, so you know, normally against they're weaker against things that have no rent uh, because you know it's just that plus plus the you know they're just a three up save at that point, so they're yeah. failing a lot of those on ones and twos. But uh, against things that have good rent and low number of attacks, which we're entering that monster era where there's very little minus three rent. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe some gargants have it, uh, but like Archaon, for instance, eat. I'm usually putting a plus two save on those uh, pain bringers 
And so in a lot of cases, they it, that monster is wasting a whole turn just getting into pain bringers and then maybe killing them. 160 and, points. 160 yeah. points. Perfect. And throwaway. it's super easy. And it's yeah. super easy for you to get to a plus two or a plus three, say, right. well, sorry, when I, when, I, when I say plus two or plus three, I'm talking about the modifier to ignore rend, not to yes. get them at a one-up save, because we know we can only get them up plus one. Yeah, maximum. But, yeah, but and, that's, and that's the thing, too, is the entire army is like that, right? Everything is good saves. Uh, the keeper has the worst save at a four-up save. Everything else is technically three and can get better. And so... And I had with Lurid Haze, you have an extra all-out defense that you can do that doesn't uh, get in the way, and so that's why I think Lurid Haze is the best because every I can hit three things with a plus one save. Well, technically four. You got something finest hour. You got something with Mystic Shield, something with all-out defense, and something with all, uh, Lurid Haze. That's four pluses to save, and then everything else is already a three-up save in melee. And so it's you have no good targets to swing at, and if you don't have mortals. Uh, mortal wounds if you don't have mortal wounds and you're not shooting uh with your attacks then it's really tough to get rid of these 160 point models you're wasting your turns trying to kill them and that gives my units like sigvald or the keeper that usually aren't in combat with anything to go around and assist and kill things and, and the lord of pain too usually I, I can't tell you how many times i threw the lord of pain into something like a maw crusher he would take 15 damage and then I would do the the ward saves, which reflect all the wounds back at him. So, you know, I usually did six or seven damage, and and he's basically just a pain bringer unit by himself. So. And what's obviously great as well is um, with the ability to do mortal wounds on an unmodified six. You know, they've got a base of three up. If you need more sixes, you can always throw down all that attack. Yeah. Um, if you generate sixes to hit, obviously they explode and turn into two attacks. So you could really potentially generate a lot of mortal wounds from the blade yeah. in addition to the defensive mechanism, and it's 160 points. So um, interesting, usually, very interesting. Usually on average I saw, uh, because one usually one pain bringer block would die immediately, like or it would die within, you know, without doing anything. Uh, but the other three would survive uh, at least until turn three. And each one generated around three to four depravity. That's what I was seeing with most of them because they're doing two to three combat rounds each and they're both getting hurt. They're usually not killing the enemy unit they're fighting and they themselves are not dying. And so between the two of them, that's two uh, depravity each Battleshock phase that they're generating. And so the depravity would rack up quite a bit. And so even if I lost two units of Painbringers over the course of that turn, well, that's almost 12 points that I can summon towards a Keeper's Secret. So they're, they're, they're kind of like how in Beasts of Chaos, you're sacrificing to the Herdstone to summon something better, and the points end up... That's the whole goal, right? Like, you're just trying to last long enough so you can bring more Keepers of Secrets, more stuff that can help you win the game overall. It's definitely an attrition-based army. Do you think there's a space to flip out one of those units to be Marauders... Slip blade archers, even maybe something something fast like your your um your what are they called the seekers like you know seekers or even I know I know when I was talking to I think one of one of the gentlemen Kieran um we were talking about Glutos being supported by fiends of Slanesh and I, I know you can't stack the minuses to hit but you know really uh, it ignore it helps negate the because in most cases 
Glutose is really just making your opponent waste an all-out attack. I mean, that's yes. what I usually saw happen is they're like, oh, well, I do all-out attack. And so they're wasting CP, and I was trying to just use up their resources as much as possible. Um, but yeah, no, I, I see, I've seen, like, I've heard, I've tried, I've, I've looked at Fiends, and then the, instead of bringing the key, before I had the Keeper Secrets in the list being the support rule, I actually had two five blocks of uh, slick blade seekers instead, and so they they can actually deep strike because they already have innate reroll charges, and they or they can, but they already move fourteen inches, and then can charge. You know they're getting wherever they need to in that first turn. Um, but as far as a battle line unit, so drop you could easily drop one of. And I'm actually thinking about it right now. Because you've got because you've got four. So you four. that that's part that's part of the question yeah. is because if you only had three pain bringers, then your options is dropping one for demonettes. Right. But because you've got four, you could even reinforce one of them to make one unit a ten. Yep. And I think the thing is too is the reason why I chose the five blocks is because I didn't want my opponent to have an easy target to, or like, hey, I'm going to put all my resources into killing this. I really wanted to make it feel like. I'm all over the board, slowly moving up and taking their stuff. Um, but I think that the endless spells are really good too. Like if you were to the the problem with the my points right now is I already have 45 points to spare, um, but I don't want to bring cogs. So it's like I could drop it for 160 points, but our cheapest hero that is essentially worth bringing is like 200. 55 points 200 i think 210 points is what you can do for one but most of them aren't really worth bringing outside of the keeper you know for demons i don't think really anything but besides the keeper secrets or uh maybe senessa or dexessa but uh i mean i mean it's probably an argument for like uh for the contorted epitome or even the mask might have a place but Right. It sounds like for your build, probably not. And well, especially the, and some of the some of those smaller heroes just get chipped off by Illumineth archers, for example, or yeah. you know. And the thing is the the problem with the I think even the contorted one is what, two hundred and fifty five points. So uh it, it's it's still expensive hero. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 really running out of options because even if I if I took my list, I dropped all the pain bringers, took off the Lord of Pain. You're still replacing it with 143 times 140 for the demonettes. It only leaves you to bring one more hero that's worth less than 300 points. It's just not, I don't think it's viable because then the demonettes really don't perform for their points. And, and, and people can argue, but it's like, I, can you reasonably assume that demonettes are going to last more than one turn in combat? I don't. If D minutes were ninety, if D minutes were ninety or something, and the difference was seventy between a unit of ten D minutes and five pain bringers, and that seventy points could be reinvested, there's probably an argument for it. Yes, but I think absolutely the, the general consensus is when you're looking at D minutes that are currently like 120, 130 versus one sixty. Well, okay, yeah. even worse. Like, <laughs> but like the difference of twenty, you're like I'm getting more durability. I'm getting mortal wounds. I'm getting a bunch of things. It probably plays in my favor. Even compare them to uh, dryads, for instance. I mean, you're talking ten dryads is a hundred points, and they, on average, will beat demonettes every single time. Especially if they're it, you put them in the woods, you minus one hit, plus one save. You're doing all the stuff that you can to make it where they're just not. 
I don't see Demonets really being anywhere near what their points are. They 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 were okay at 110, and that's like really pushing it. Uh, I really thought they should have been cheaper than that, but I mean, I think they overestimate the summoning, and so they jumped everything up on points trying to cover for it when it's probably the most unreliable summoning in the game. I think I think if anything, the only way is down when it comes to to your summoning. Uh, so you just you your um your points. I can I can't see them going up any higher than they are. So yeah, um, yeah. I think I think potentially <laughs> I said I th- that in, in when they first came out with the book, but you know. Well, if you go back to my Hedonites review when I got the new battle tome, I'm pretty sure I made the comment. I'm like, oh, points went up, but I'm sure they were just pricing you for third edition. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm like, you guys are on the cusp of third edition. They're probably just pointing you appropriately, and there'll be no change at third edition. Nope, it went up yeah. again. Well, and that's the thing. Like you know, when I saw Shalaxi go up a hundred points, I was like, "What is well, happening?" Well, <laughs> um, what are they called? The um, the the the, the non hell flayers, like one fifty. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just like everything went up in that book, and it it wasn't hit as hard percentage wise as Zinch. But I'm like, well, Zinch was pretty decently priced to begin with, but like Slash was already expensive, and then they just they knocked some of that stuff unplayable. I mean, I, I see no reason to ever run some of those things. Um, and, and, and please don't take this as a whinge. By the way, it is kind of half a whinge because points did go up, and I think that's part of the negativity in, in the Slash community is that you're, you're really battling for the points in your army. And I think... Yes. I think what I'm seeing here, Evan, is you are building a list with no fat. You are building a list without a priority target. You know, you see certain builds. You see a Marathi, a Gotrek, an Alarial, you some type of build. You know what you're going for. But when I look at your list, part of the reason why I was confused was because there is no primary target. There is no... I, I pick this linchpin out and the whole thing collapses because the Sigvol, the Keeper, yeah. the Glutos, the, the Painbringers, they all work independently, but a smart player like yourself brings it together and makes the most of it on the table. And I think I think moving forward, especially with Slanesh, until we see some changes, this is probably a really good approach. And obviously season to taste. You want to do more Demonets, you want to bring in Senesa, Dexessa, you want to bring in Archeon, that's fine. But yeah. really think about the the idea. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is that with the uh, support that you're trying to accomplish, a lot of my opponents, they weren't. It, it's very easy to see what the mistakes they made. And afterwards, when I would talk to them, they'd be like, "Oh, you know, I really didn't know what to go after." Because and I throw a wrench in there too, because instead of doing hold the line, so that they're like, "Oh, I'll focus on the battle line." Uh, because that's almost all my opponents picked hold the line as their thing because they just had so much of it. You know, I don't have that. So I picked prize sorcery. So they're like, oh, kill Glutos, kill the keeper. Well, that's half my army's wounds wrapped up in what you have to try to kill. And they're the tankiest part. So if it, it, it's all about trying to misdirect your opponent, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors are Slanesh's best friend, but yeah, that's kind of how... Uh, you got to play them, and and because going up, if I had played those five opponents again, I probably wouldn't have gone four and one. I probably would be a three and two, just because of they know now what to look for. And by the way, it, and I assume I can only assume here that it's when you're talking about like you know the the time again, it's not about I gotchas. It's not about like oh surprise yes. you didn't you didn't know this this was going to be a trick and I've you know I've hidden something from you, but it's more about 
people aren't playing with Slanesh very much. Hard so when they, it's hard, yeah. it's hard to to work out. But when you go against these meta armies, when you go up against Soul Black Grave Lords, you know what to expect. You know what they're going to do. Yes. Yep. You know, it's very easy. Like right, everyone talks about Lumineth. You know, looking for the Cathalai, you're looking for the Archers, looking for the Fox. Um, with this, you're right. It's it's hard to pull down. So. Uh, and I'm sure this list will evolve over time as the meta sorts itself out, battle packs change, um, new new. There's only one way this out. army can go, right? Like, it can only get better. Like, if it gets worse, then I mean, you know, it, it, I don't know what they, what else they could do to it other than just removing things from the actual army. So yeah, but you know, I think you're, I think your only, your only way is up. So my advice, and I think what I'm hearing from you, Evan, is uh, it's not all doom and gloom. Yes. It's definitely not a five and zero. Oh. Don't pick this up thinking that you know you're about to go win a GT. And if you do it, it's because of your experience or your luck. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a lot of luck and definitely uh, knowing your opponent's army better. But I, I, that goes for anything, right? You just have to know your opponent's army and what they do. Um, but yeah, it was never in a gotcha moment. It was always, I explained to them what my army did, but there's so many little caveat, like things that the army does that you can really trip up. You only have to make your opponent make one major mistake to capitalize on. So. I think the other, the other point as well is because you're so fast, you can really take advantage yeah. of what I'm seeing right now is that armies are taking because of this hero hammer kind of build and people are putting more points in monster heroes. You're finding there are less bodies on the table and there are because of coherency in the way that you've now got to be closer to, you know, um, models in the unit. They're not spreading out. They're not zigzagging as much as they used to. So there's more space for you to either use reserves to summon or to even just move around with your really high speed and really kind of take the table. And I think right. that plays in your strengths. But as we said at the top of the show, this is beating your opponent with a scalpel with very specific and targeted cuts yes. because if you don't do it correctly, you can get punished back because you don't have the durability. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you're going against, like as far as advice goes, if you go against like an Archaeon, or a um, uh, any of those god type models, a Teclas, uh, uh, Marathi. This army is not meant to tool against those. I mean, you could throw Glutos at some of those and just like have them sit there all game, but you lose more than they do by sitting in combat for that entire time. It's much more of a dance where you're trying to pick a target, go in, and it, much like a Deepkin player. I think a lot of people that play Deepkin. Uh, will find this army very attractive because there's a lot to going into it, picking a target, killing that target, moving on to the next, and being tanky enough that if you get if something gets caught, that next turn you can retreat out and then hope that you you know get the the roll off or do whatever you need to, or, or even use it as a, 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 a you know hey I'm gonna sacrifice those five pain bringers and keep them in combat for a round or two while everything else goes and t kills the stuff that they really need to keep alive. And so that's something that I would recommend to a lot of people is you have to not just smash into an Archaeon with Glutose. And, because even in going back to that Zinch Archaeon list I fought, everything was dead by turn two. I, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. He had 60 pink horrors gone. All his heroes were gone. He only had Archaeon and the Lord of um, the Chaos Sorcerer Lord on foot. That was yep. it. And, but and he, if he hadn't got Slayer Kings off every single time against all my heroes, he would have been done. 
So it was one of those things where, it, you know, it was it was lucky on his part. Um, but I never fought, I never swung in a single attack into Archaon because it's not no. worth it. No, and that, and that's been a, a a key lesson is um, when you see things like you know even Nagash you know I remember you know Nagash can go supercharge and go get a whole bunch of uh, arcane bolts on him and yep. you know he's a lot of points if you go kill out those skeletons those zombies those blood knights um, there's only one body kind of claiming objectives and again against yeah, exactly. the key right this is an objective based game it's about um, denying your opponent their battle tactics. Um, scoring and holding objectives isn't nearly as important as it was in the second edition. Absolutely. You know, yes, yes, you get victory points for holding an objective and two and more, but if you're on a, a battle plan with, say, six objectives, as long as you hold more and you're in removing objectives in turn three with the um, the Teutonic Shift, like having a couple of objectives is normally enough. It's about denying your opponent those, those um, battle yeah. tactics yeah. and scoring yours. In most of the battle plans, and, and I think that was a huge part too, is I had played a lot of 3.0 games uh, where my opponents had maybe only played one or two. Uh, you only need one more objective than your opponent in most cases to score mm. the maximum number of points. And if you deny them one battle tactic, it they're playing catch-up for the rest of the game. And, uh, and that's why Gargants are so good right now because a lot of theirs is based off monsters. But a lot of people are bringing monsters that they never thought, hey, you know, I really should play more conservatively with this this unit. They usually run it up into the middle, kill something like, oh, hey, I killed all this stuff. Um, like a, you know, like a uh, one was the um, Maw Crusher. He ran up, killed a bunch of my stuff. And I was like, dang, didn't get any points off of it. I killed his Maw Crusher. I got an extra point, and now he's playing behind for the rest of the game. And he lost. I mean, losing a Maw Crusher has always been. Uh, bad but he, he he got all the points turn one but then he couldn't hold the points for the rest of the game now in in 2.0 it was very worth doing that because then i'd be playing catch up the rest of the game but i i only had to do one thing on turn two and then for the rest of the game he, he's like yeah we're done yeah yeah du durable durable monster heroes uh i'm finding are incredibly valuable um Especially yeah, even even things like um, and I think one of the, the real benefits for chaos is you have access to some very really cheap heroes, as we yeah. you already mentioned the cockatrice being like under a hundred points, um, <laughs> it's the, like the seventy five or something like that. The, the 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 kitty the kitty cat the mind the mind stealer sphinx yep. or fire yep. or whatever it is yep. like that's under a hundred points and that's got some really good I think it's got like a fight last mechanic and it has some interesting gazes so. If you are finding you're struggling with the victory points and, um, you know, obviously summoning on keepers and things aren't going to get you those bonuses, you could have that cockatrice. And a cockatrice is a great monster to – can you – is it Lewis Hayes units that get to get set up in reserve? Well, so your cockatrice yes. could be a reserve as well, right? Um, I don't think so. Let me so, – That's right. Don't worry about it. Okay. If 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 it can, the cockatrice being set up into deep strike and using its range attack to do mortals could be a really good option. Um, but if not, like against a hundred points, scoring you battle tactics, um, have two monsters metamorphosis. There's your third. You know you can score out aggressive expansion. So um, yeah, it just says lured haze invaders host units. So probably not. It doesn't say slanesh. 
There you go. Final question. I might bring it home. Um, and Harry, you know, this is probably a really nice one. Harry mentions, um, is there any other Chaos factions that you'd recommend that synergizes well with Slanesh? So we've already talked about, obviously. <laughs> Not allowed. Not allowed. Um, yeah, no, I, I think one thing, too, if you're trying to mitigate. The, the problem with Slanesh right now is their stuff, on average, is not really getting anything from the allegiance abilities they almost do better if you ally them into another faction uh it's kind of silly to say that um but i think that zinch is a good partner with slanesh uh i don't think it's worth bringing pink wars into slanesh but i do think that there's a lot of units that you can bring slanesh into uh into uh zinch to kind of cover some of their bases. Yeah, you're, I mean, especially like, uh, I think Sinessa's a good one. I think she's great in allying into either Slaves to Darkness, Zinch, or the um, aforementioned... Uh, uh, for, uh, the Legion of First Prince. Yeah, yeah, because she's demon, she's, and she has all the spell lures, and she can issue a command. It just says issue a command ability map-wide. She flies. She's a monster. Like she ha hits all those check marks for what you're looking for, and she's a sub commander, so um, she hits all those check marks. I think she's like a really good combination tool outside of the game, and, and technically Dexessa can do it too. All her stuff that she gets outside of exploding sixes is on her war scroll. So those two, the newborns, are really good, uh, and, and can compensate for a lot in Zinch because Zinch has a lot of fast moving flying units and with a lot of chaff well excessa would be perfect if you surround her with like a unit of pink horrors and then just make sure because she has a three inch uh range on one of her attacks well just make sure she's in combat with something and that something can't fight her and then she's able to uh attack it and now she's able to get the attacks for the rest of the game so there's... you did you you did mention at the top of the show. I, I just in case in case you forget, um, you talk about the changeling being a potentially a good option yeah. to be yeah. brought into into your army. Yeah, he's he's a uh, pretty good because especially like with all the deep striking you're doing, I think that you know uh, a big thing that it, it takes a. I haven't reached that level of experience yet, but I think if you're a really good player uh, against the right list, uh, and I'm saying like not a magic heavy list, but any list that uh, has a movement of like eight movement or less, even, even let's say like against Gargants, you pick something, you half, you do the half move, half move, half run, half charge from Sigwald. You put shackles out there, you put the um, the mirrors out there so that they're getting hit every time, and then you drop down the change uh, the uh, the uh, changeling three inches away from an enemy. They not only can uh, that next turn, if if you get the double turn, cast the spells of any enemy wizards with a nine, but they also pick something and now they, um, I think, have their movement. So you're having the movement. The shackles are doing it. They can't just leave that changeling there. So it's worth the point cost to just kill it. Uh, I, I mean, even if they do kill it, uh, and if they don't for whatever reason and only wound it, well then you you got a depravity out of it. So it's a lot of just slowing the army down. And they're getting hit every single time they move with the thing, or they have to try to get rid of all your spells. And so there's a lot of potential with with like the changeling or even some of the other casters uh, that are available to Zinch. So. Well, 
literally last question this is a really good one um and and i know one of my friends has been playing around with this combination in slanesh and that is the mega gargant ally or the mercenary sorry mercenary so and i and i know some some people that i know personally have been trying it because that mega gargant is a 35 wound depravity pin cushion it only counts as five to an objective as a mercenary. Right. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't bring in the sun's rule of counting as ten or more? But it is like five hundred points, give or take, depending on 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 the mega gargant. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I never really thought about it because um, I I think realistically you could like even if you were looking at my list, you could drop the keeper, drop the um, pain bringers. Like one of the four pain bringers, and then bring him on, and bring an like bring the uh, endless spell of your choosing, and you got a pretty solid list there because now the uh, Sigvald's still doing his thing. He's still gonna probably kill whatever he charges into and be a distraction. Now you got Glutos providing that minus one to hit aura with the Mega Gargant that's also going, and the big thing that I think the list. Well, it's basically the uh, War Stomper. It is the it is the War Stomper. I was yeah. I was stalling trying to remember which one you had access to. <laughs> Death yeah. has the Gatebreaker. Order has the Kraken Eater. Chaos has the War Stomper. So it's a little bit slower than yeah. the others. It can pick out models for, and break coherency. It which has really a shooting. It, it, yeah, it, it's not as good as the Kraken Eater's one, but it is pretty decent. Well, you only um, need doesn't... to pick out one to make the difference. Right? <laughs> yeah, but... and, and you can pull out unit champions, which is probably the big part. But yeah, your 35 wound Mega Gargant, what are your final thoughts on that maybe in Slanesh? I, th I think it's a good play. I mean, I think that especially if you if you have it with Glutos and you're just kind of running up the map, because the list, I will say my list does suffer from uh, Horde armies. I haven't really come across any of significance. But uh, if you do come across them, and I think once orcs get their update, uh, like the new battle tome, I think you're going to see a lot of horde, like um, horde armies coming out and playing the field. And there's really no answer to them that Lanesh has because all their stuff is meant to be precise, scapel type precision. So if you're getting swamped, well, you're just going to die from a thousand cuts, no matter what save you are. So that I think that it's a I think. I might have to look into that. I think that's actually pretty decent. And the War Stomper gets benefits by attacking hordes, funnily yeah, enough. Exactly. So it actually yeah, gets some bonuses. So Yeah, it makes up for some of the weaknesses of what the list. And so, gets that minus one to hit aura within Gluto. So I, I think that actually has some pretty good play now that I think about it. Yeah, no, I know one of my friends has been testing it, and I know it's been a bit hit and miss because you are investing 400 70 points i think it is so you know oh, well, that's even better it's only 50 points more than technically i could just drop the keeper and add this and i wouldn't change anything so. actually i think you i think you would just scrape in like just looking at the points and i'm not math hammering <laughs> i think it's 470 right now so i'm pretty sure you do keep you drop a keeper you've oh, got 45 points, points there at the moment yeah. no i think I th oh no i think you're okay. i think your 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 list is nine 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 five so you're yeah. you're you're sweet <laughs> But um, this has been awesome, man. Is there anything you kind of want to wrap up with about Slanesh, or do you want to kind of bring us home uh, with, with a, maybe no, any I, shout outs? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to shout out my boys, uh, you know, the Harambe's at back home and Texas Masters, of course. Like, you know, as you showed earlier, we got our own podcast. I hope you don't mind me 
Uh, no, please. And, and, if, yeah. and if people people want to listen to Evan's journey at the Warhammer Open, you did a very detailed um, video on YouTube. So Harambee's Heroes podcast. Yep. Um, I will edit this show link later so you can find the link. But on Google, you can find it. Uh, on Google, on YouTube, you can find it. Um, two hours of solid goodness talking about each of the rounds and what you learnt. Yes. And, and, and please uh, feel free, if you're in the, in even in the United States in general, or want to just follow up with the Texas Master Circuit, because we're doing four major tournaments from four major cities. Uh, and we're going, you know, we, we rank us all on the a giant leaderboard. There's over 130, 150 of us easily. Uh, and we travel all, all across the country. So it's super huge how we're getting into it. And I, I think especially talking to a lot of the people in Orlando that don't have access to that local scene, uh, I anything that we can help make our community better, uh, even across the ocean and stuff, uh, I think that's huge. That's super successful. So. Well, the irony of all of this is when I reached out to, so you're the fourth person now I think I've interviewed from the crew. And when I was reaching out to all of you, I had no idea that you were a part of these crew. Yeah, I was, just just looking, yeah, I was looking for people who I was looking for some people who performed well that could help me, you know, have a conversation around early early third edition. And I found um, Gavin to talk cities, yourself obviously with Slanesh, Zach talked Nurgle, and I had someone else. I'm pretty sure. Um, Kyle? Oh, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle reached out and told me okay. that you guys aren't potatoes. But anyway, the point the point is, is that uh, independently I reached out. You're all fantastic. Yeah. And um, it just kind of shows the, the great community that you've got. You're thriving. You've got the Warhammer Citadel. You've got Texas Barbecue. Yes. You've got a really good scene. Um, I would at minimum recommend go check out the YouTube channel. So Harambee's Heroes Podcast. That's right. And um, if you can get to go Texas, you go to check out an event. Um, I certainly have it on my bucket list. Uh, and that's me being brutally honest. That's me being honest. That's, yeah, come I would us. love to. I've yeah. been to Texas once. I'd love to come back. Um, cool. I need, uh, I learned that Texas barbecue, the best of it is in the morning to lunch. I thought it'd be a dinner thing. I thought, yeah. yeah no, I just, they close by lunch, man. They're not open past lunch. I learned that. Like we were having <laughs> breakfast at this like little, little thing. And my wife's like, uh, this place opens at 10 o'clock. I'm like, lol, who gets Texas barbecue at 10 o'clock? And there's a massive line. And it ended up being that that day, because I was only in Texas for a few days, I had Texas barbecue twice in one day. And I'm pretty sure I got meat sweats. Pretty sure. <laughs> a yeah, lot I mean, of meat. I have to order my barbecue like a week in advance and, and for the place I go to. Like, so, but yeah, no, it, and we talked about it too. We're going to come down there and show you guys how to play uh, Age of Sigmar. That's going to be fun. When you guys open back up, of course. Yeah, I'll let, <laughs> let out of my house. <laughs> thank you again thank, for having me. No, out. thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who's watched the show, who's been jumping into the chat. Um, and if people want to learn more, Texas Masters, go check them out. Um, you know, go check out the podcast. Uh, I'll link all the stuff and, and all the good things. But I hopefully, Slanesh players, you feeling a bit more comfortable and confident on yes. your army. And and like any good YouTuber would possibly say at this particular point, if you are playing Slanesh and you have some ideas that how your list is playing or maybe you disagree with some of the things that Evan has said, put it down in the comment section. Let me know. No, seriously, like, let me wrong. know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but let, let me know. Like, you know, are you finding value in um, in Shalaxi? Are you finding that pain bringers aren't giving you the value in maybe 
30 demonettes are better than you know the 10 maybe that's maybe that's one build people aren't double downing on demonettes and maybe it's better to go hoard as opposed to these little tens let me know I, i'm genu i'm genuinely curious we all help each other out that's the that's what makes and it we better. all we all learn and we try things and hey evan's just got some new ideas about having a mega gargan so um we're all sharing ideas that's how we learn and we grow and we get awesome but evan Thank you so much. I'm going to go make some lunch. My wife's had a COVID shot literally like two two hours ago, so I want to see if she's even awake or if she's passed out. But <laughs> I don't know. Second shot, who knows Who knows what kind of wife I've got. Maybe the 5G in my house is better now with my yeah. new Windows 11. <laughs> All right. Good luck, man. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Uh, I'm going to do the wrap-up show. And uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigma conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.